Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Soul Evolution Center show on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Kativas Simone. I'm fo- founder of SoulEvolutionCenter.com, a virtual center. Its mission is to help you evolve into your best life. I have a radio show on Blog Talk Radio called Soul, the Soul Evolution Center show, and it airs some Fridays. And what I also do is have it available on my Soul Evolution Center YouTube channel so you can view the corresponding video as well. All these episodes that have aired are available as archived episodes on demand 24-7 as a free resource to you, so I urge you to take advantage of that. What I share on this program are various spiritual and metaphysical topics. I also share channeled meditations from time to time and i also share about my personal experiences with out of body since my spiritual awakening in 2009 you can learn more about my spiritual awakening on my website soulevolutioncenter.com under the tab meet katie you can also learn about me and more about my background on the free ebook that i recently offered uh, to the universe as my gift Uh, that was published in September 2015 on smashwords.com. It's available as a free download. The title is Aristotle's Teachings for the New Age, a series of channelings. And what I did is I channeled Aristotle, the famous philosopher in spirit. Uh, He came to me telepathically and uh, revealed that he wanted to write a book with me. And so that this book is a product of our work together. It's very fascinating and I think you'll find it interesting. And it is a free download available in many reading formats so that you don't need a reader uh, to read it if, if you don't have one. Uh, back to this program and more about Soul Evolution Center. Uh, uh, again, I founded Soul Evolution Center in February 2012. And what I want to do is create uh, a meeting place a union so that people can learn about spiritual metaphysical topics. And I teach various classes to uh, private sessions, small or large group sessions as well, uh, through webinar live, um, and also through teleconference on various important uh, spiritual metaphysical topics um, that are valuable during these times that we're in. I teach intuition basics, how to uh, Uh, more about your energetic anatomy, learning about your chakras and your energetic field. I teach how to channel. Uh, I also teach uh, how to meditate, how to meditate, um, how to uh, heal yourself through various energetic healing techniques. And I also share some of the same information uh, for free uh, on the show, the Soul Evolution Center show. So I do encourage you to go to some of the prior episodes and uh, replay and download um, that those um, episodes that have subject matter that you are to be guided to. And so in this uh, program for today, I'm gonna share an out-of-body experience that I had this morning. Uh, September 5th, 2016, it's actually Labor Day. And I like to share and and point out relevant teaching um, facts um, for your well-being. And this uh, out-of-body was a, 
unusual, and I'll share why uh, shortly. Um, in the past few recent episodes, I've shared about other out-of-bodies I've had. I talk about how there's different types of out-of-body experiences. The out-of-body experiences I have, as I shared many times on this program, occur during my sleep state, usually in the nighttime or early morning. And uh, this happens to many people as well. Uh, I'm usually lucid for one out-of-body experience and uh, enough to share it and recall it with details. And that's what the term lucidity means to me and that's how I share it on this program is when you're able to remember details of your out-of-body enough to uh, retell, um, retell it uh, upon waking up. Now, uh, many of us, all of us actually, we all experience out-of-bodies during our sleep state at nighttime. It's just that many of us don't remember the details or we only remember some of the details or we may remember the details during the nighttime but upon waking up because we didn't write them down to retain them, we, we forget the details. I feel that as people uh, more and more human beings spiritually awaken in this age of Aquarius that we are in, that more people are going to have these type of lucid out-of-body experiences that I have been sharing about. And so I've been compiling information and important navigation tips for an out-of-body to help you because I know it can be overwhelming at times. And I'm hoping to pave the way and by sharing what I have experienced and how I have come to certain conclusions or certain resolutions, it'll help you as well. Now, now my personal feelings about out-of-bodies based on my experiences since 2009, since my spiritual awakening, and there have been numerous, numerous experiences, uh, hundreds of out-of-bodies I have had of, of different types. Uh, I feel that out-of-bodies are very relevant. They are not just dreams. They're significant to your life if you can analyze and learn from them. And, and that is my goal and one of my missions here on this program to help people understand the import of their sleep state and the, and the correlating um, out-of-body experiences they may have. And so what happens is when you have an out-of-body, you actually uh, travel to another dimensional realm uh, a level of your consciousness does this. Of course, you're physically sleeping in your bed, but a level of your consciousness is able to exit, though it's still connected um, to your overall form and is able to explore and go to other dimensional realities. And these dimensional realities exist in other frequencies or vibration. It's just that when we are lucid or when we are awake and active during our day-to-day -day life, uh, we are uh, we are not aware of these other dimensional frequencies, which do exist at the same time, parallel to the earthly dimension that uh, we all work, uh, play, and uh, exist in. So that is a very broad concept, the concept of uh, dimen dimensions, multidimensionality, and I talk about this frequently in, in my program here. Uh, that's just a basic cursory. I have gone into this in more detail in prior episodes. But I want to get to the heart of the matter about this specific um, out-of-body that I had uh, this morning. And usually, uh, upon waking every morning, I usually remember 
an Autobot, an Autobody that I've had. It may only be a singular one because, you know, we, uh, we're, we usually sleep, the average human being, anywhere from six to eight hours, hopefully. And so during that time, many, we can many things can happen and we can have many different um, experiences. And now I'm hearing telepathically in many parallel universes. I told, uh, I may have mentioned that I'm a channeler, which means I receive information telepathically in my mind and my own thought voice. And as I'm, as I'm sharing information here on this program, sometimes I do receive um, helpful information telepathically so that I could, I could relay it to you. So if I do that during the show, that's what that's about. But again, you can learn more about, about my background and how I channel on my website, soulevolutioncenter.com. And also that free ebook download that I mentioned earlier in this program. And so uh, I was talking about how I, re I usually recall at least one out of body uh, sequence. And I don't refer to out of bodies as dreams. If you've ever had an out of body, uh, you will probably say it was an extraordinary encounter, an extraordinary interaction. And upon waking up, you will feel different. Um, you, you realize the intensity and the amount of detail. And what you recall is is higher than normal than than just a dream, and so I don't refer to uh, my experiences as a dream for various reasons. I even have parameters and guidelines. For example, when I am in a different dimensional reality and I've, I'm shown different types of technologies that they have in these different uh, alternate realities, I know that I'm having an out of body and it's not just a dream. Or if I have an escort or guide with me, leading me to different points in this other dimensional reality, this other dimensional uh, cityscape or landscape, that is a sign to me that I'm having an out of body. Or when I actually travel through a wormhole or portal in my third eye scape, that to me is an indicator of an out-of-body. Out of uh, but this morning's out-of-body, I, I didn't have those type of experiences. But what, I, what happened was I became lucid, which means I started remembering details. And again, this happened in my sleep state. Sometime in the early morning, uh, I want to say between um, probably between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. in the morning. <clears throat> and I became lucid. I started remembering details of my out-of-body. And what I started to recall, I'll, I'll take you right from that moment that I started remembering details. Sometimes during out-of-body, you don't really remember how you got there to a destination, how you arrived, and that's common. So if you have those type of out-of-bodies and you don't know how you arrived, you just all of a sudden start, start remembering details about it, don't stress about that. That's normal, and that seems to be some sort of normal, natural function of experiencing in an out-of-body for some and has happened to me, where I don't actually remember landing in the dimension, traveling through the wormhole, et cetera, et cetera. So an out-of-body can occur in different forms. I share this with you so that you learn the spectrum and the, uh, the wide variety of the type of out-of-bodies you may have. So this one, I just simply became lucid, started remembering details, and I was in an uh, interior space, and there's a long table in front of me. It looked like something like a cafeteria, to be honest with you. And there was a long table, and there's many people sitting around the table, and there are other tables around us. And there was quite a bit of hustle and bustle, just like, uh, like a high school cafeteria at lunchtime. A lot of activity. Uh, no one that I was familiar with on the earthly plane was with me. I'll share that because sometimes not a bodies. You do have a, a friend or a family member 
Um, and I believe it's access security and stability uh, during and out of body so that you feel, uh, you feel like you're not in danger. But in this specific out-of-body, I did not, uh, I was not interacting with familiar people from the earthly plane. And, and that was fine. Um, and so I was sitting at a table, and then I had to get up suddenly. And so I left my purse on, on the table, and there's many people sitting at the table. And as I walked just around the table to the other side of it, it was only a matter of seconds, I had the thought that I should have taken my pocketbook with me. And it's so funny, in out-of-body, sometimes there is a piece of apparel, a piece of paraphernalia, that is what you have in the earthly plane. And this pocketbook was one that I'd actually owned on the earthly plane. It was a light blue woven handbag with a shoulder strap. And so sometimes in the out-of-bodies, there is continuity with specific items from your earthly existence. So I do want to point that out as a teaching point because I have experienced that. And so um, I, I left my person where I was sitting and I walked around the table and then I had the thought that I should, uh, I should have taken my purse with me. And you know, this is a common uh, concern that women have on the earthly plane. It's almost like we're tied to our purses and that we, we shouldn't leave our purses out on, on the shopping carts when we go shopping in the grocery stores or department stores. We always have to be aware of our purse because, you know, our valuables are in there, our wallet, our money, our credit cards, possibly a social security card. And so I think most women have been trained since a young age to be aware, to take care with their pocketbook. And so I do experience this, even in my earthly life, I do this. And so I had a concern I should have taken my pocketbook, and I didn't. I just left it on top of the table where I had been sitting. And so what I did is I glanced, and I saw that my pocketbook was gone. And I immediately became concerned. And I saw that uh, a young girl, she's perhaps a young teenager, maybe anywhere between 11 and 13, and she was actually African-American, she had, she had taken my seat because I had left. And so I said to her, did you see my pocketbook? I left it here. And she said, no. And I said, well, where, you know, where'd it go? It's, um, I just left it here and it's only been a few seconds. And she said something like, she did something where she turned her head and looked around a little bit. And she said, no, it's not here. It's not anywhere around here. And I became immediately frantic. Um, and again, there's a lot of hustle bustle in the room. And next thing you know, and this is what happens in out-of-bodies as well, is that the scenes can change very quickly without rhyme or reason, and you don't know how you got to the next scene. Uh, it's almost like a fast-forward. And so the next thing I remember is I'm in a room, and I'm with maybe two or three professionals, and they seem to be security professionals. I believe it was one woman and one man, and I can't remember the gender of the third person. And I'm telling them my story, and I am filling out some sort of police report uh, about my lost uh, pocketbook. And what I was doing is I was blaming this uh, young African-American girl uh, for taking it. So it was a, a report against her. And I even said in, during the out of body that I, I wanted to press charges because I want to teach her a lesson, you know, that, that taking other people's um, items, possessions, is, is not correct. And this would be a learning lesson for her if I actually press charges. 
And so one of the young, uh, the young men, he's probably in his 20s, said, well, if you want us to press charges, we can do that, but you have to write it down here on this first space on this form. And I was about to do that, and I realized that my writing utensil wasn't working properly. And so, uh, and so now I'm very upset. I'm very upset that I, I forgot my pocketbook, that I didn't take good care of it, uh, that I le left it willy-nilly, and I'm upset at myself because I realized I had my Social Security number in there and other, other important items of identification. And I, I, would just, I just had been sloppy. And I was also upset at this young woman um, for, taking, for taking my pocketbook. And um, so it seems like in this sequence, some time had passed and they had contacted her mother. So her mother arrived. And, and to be honest with you, looking back at it upon waking, her mother uh, to me upon waking was a more sophisticated, educated woman. And she was saying, basically, my daughter did not take your purse. And, and I was saying, but, you know, she was the only one there. And I had only left it for a few seconds. And, um, and then she's the one that came into my seat. She must have done something with my pocketbook. And, and then I had the idea, uh, all of a sudden, we were in a car. This is an unexplained scene change again the third one in this out of body and i'm counting them so you can see how this can happen multiple times in out of body where the scenes change frequently every few seconds of interaction and so we are in the car and i i have the idea to go back to that cafeteria to do more thorough research and i remember sitting in that car during this out of body by the door i was in the back seat as a passenger and i had the thought you know katie you should really uh go back to the cafeteria and do some more research on your pocketbook. And so I was thinking that to myself during the out of body. And then during the out of body, it seems like I received a telepathic transmission. And sometimes that happens during my out of bodies because that's very similar to how it is during my day to day life where I'll be doing something um, normal, like domestic or just running an errand and all of a sudden I'll receive something come inside my head and I recognize it as not being my own thought voice. I recognize it as a transmission from a being or from the universe to help me, to guide me. And I can tell now since, uh, since 2009, because I've been working and practicing on becoming more aware of what is in my thoughts and whether I'm creating my thoughts or whether they're being delivered by my guides or my angels. So even in this out of body, as I was sitting there in the car, I had a thought come into my head, and I and um, I realized that it was not my thought. It was some sort of telepathic transmission sent to help me, and it was relayed to me, and I received it. And so I had the thought that uh, I need to go back to the cafeteria to do more proper research. And so the young, uh, the young um, African American girl was with me. So I said to her. I think it would be important for me to go back there and do some more research because maybe I'll find out. And as I was saying this, I was receiving another telepathic transmission that maybe it wasn't your fault and there's something else going on here. And at that moment, uh, an opening or, or light was created inside my head, a channel for a possibility of some other explanation as to uh, why I couldn't find my purse, where my purse was. 
besides blaming and accusing this young woman. And so uh, I walk, uh, I go to the front of the cafeteria, uh, to the counter area. You can say the courtesy desk, customer service desk. And there's a woman, blonde woman there with a bob and she's behind the counter. And I know that this is where the lost and found is. And so I ask, have you, uh, have you found, uh, have you found, and before I even finish saying it, what I, what I was looking for, uh, the woman behind the counter had a big like plastic bag and inside was another purse and it wasn't my style. And it was more of a, like, how do you say, like a saddlebag clutch purse and it was bigger and it was like navy blue. And I took a peek and I realized it wasn't my purse. And so I said to her, that's not my purse, but I'm, I'm, I am looking for another purse and it, it's, has a shoulder strap, it's this color, it has a blue weave material. And she, she leaves and she comes back and within a second, she has my purse. She found, they had found my purse, the lost and found. And my purse looked a little like, had been on the floor and maybe people had stepped on it and looked a little dirty and just, you know. And I was so happy. I felt such an enormous sense of relief that my purse had been found and that I didn't have to go through all that extra administrative work and you know, getting a new license, uh, canceling my credit cards, all those type of things you do when you lose your purse. And so uh, I was so relieved on that point. And so I immediately realized I had done a big disservice to this young girl and that I accused her um, inappropriately. And I was very, uh, let's say, regretful. And, but that doesn't even describe, I just felt really, really bad. So immediately I say to the little girl, I look at her and I say, I am so sorry that I blamed you um, when you didn't take my purse. And I, and I said, I hope you can forgive me. I hope you can forgive that I made you know, an improper accusation against you. And the young girl just looked at me with, without an expression and without saying, oh, that's okay, I forgive you. or I know you're sorry. It's fine. She did not say that. So then I repeated again because I could tell that she wasn't ready to receive my apology. And I said, please have no, uh, no doubt that everyone here in this room, everyone here, like on the team, on the security team, know now that you are trustworthy and we have no doubt as to you know the caliber of who you are something like that I tried to be even more intentional and, and validate her as a person because I realized prior to that I had been you know a, a little mean a vindictive coming from my own fears about losing my purse and so again the young girl uh, she didn't really respond and she didn't accept my apology so then I remember in the Sada body, and this is some, an interesting takeaway about Sada bodies. Upon waking up, sometimes you remember what thoughts you had during the Sada body, what fears you had, what was running through your mind. So I remembered that I said, oh gosh, you know, Katie, really, you uh, inaccurately or irrationally blamed her. And this might cause her to feel badly for quite a bit of time. I might have hurt her sense of self-esteem, self-confidence, etc. And I felt really bad about that. And then I said to myself, but 
Katie, you, you did what you thought at that time. And now that you know what the truth is, you had made amends. Don't beat yourself up about this for the rest of your life. You, you try to make good after you learned. And I was trying to do some sort of self-healing because I know in reality, as you probably know in your own life and with people you know, your loved ones, that some people when they um, commit an action uh, that they later regret, they'll hold it for years and years and it's not good for their energetic field and therefore their energetic health. And I didn't want to be that way, even the side of body. I knew I had to just take responsibility, pull my virtues up, and that didn't mean not have compassion for this young woman, but to move forward and just say, you learn from this. So those were the kind of thought processes that was going on in my own mind. I was just trying to heal myself and empower myself as well. And then I turned around to the uh, young woman, young girl's mother, and she, you know, she hadn't been saying anything. She had been simply observing this. And, you know, she could have been very angry with me, full of vitriol, cursed and slandered me for accusing her daughter of committing a crime that she did not commit. But this woman was not saying that. And, and so what I said to her was, I can't believe that it was at the lost and found because I left my purse right there uh, on the table I only walked around the table just to the other side. It was only a matter of a few seconds. And when I looked, my purse was gone. How could that have happened so quickly? And when I looked to see that my purse was gone, your daughter was, you know, pulling out the chair and like sitting in the chair. And then your daughter told me there was no purse to be found in that area. And then I said to myself, Katie, now, you know, now, you know, you shouldn't, trust a young girl 11 to 13 what you should have done is you should have done your own check around that area not trusted her to do a thorough check and so you know uh shame on me for not doing that but i was telling the young uh, girl's mother why i had acted in the manner that I had acted and then uh and then the dream the auto body broke okay and when i woke up i woke up immediately and I was actually very sad and upset. And this, what happened, this is what happens sometimes, too, when you have a trying out of body. Because you're lucid, because you remember all the details, you remember your emotions, your thoughts. So your nervous system is really reacting and firing as if you're awake, as if you're lucid. So when, upon waking, many times you feel like you've had a real encounter. And if it's and it's been an extraordinary encounter with with an amazing experience, you're very happy and you could be so joyful and, and grateful, which I have been. But in this experience, I, I was still so bummed out that I had um, accused uh, you know accused that young woman of taking my purse when she didn't. I was so I'm still bummed. I was still so bummed out about that upon waking, and I had to do my own energy work and healing work to. Um, to lift my own spirits because I still was so upset. And so upon looking back at this out of body, I said to myself, this was not a body where I was tested, where I had a lesson to learn. 
And you know, this, this type of out of body happened to me about two and a half, three years ago, where I had another type of test. And again, involved a young child. And to be honest with you, back then, I didn't pass the test. And when I woke up, I was very despondent because I realized the horrible thing I had done. I don't want to get into details about it, but um, this was very similar to that out of body where there was a certain characteristic, a certain trait that I was to learn. And so this out of body was presented for that purpose, for my learning and development. Just as we have lessons and tests in our real life, our day-to-day -day life, we may get them during our sleep state as well in our out-of-bodies. And so I would definitely categorize this out-of-body as one to develop a certain characteristic of mine uh, to, to strengthen it. And upon contemplating it, uh, you know, I like to learn from it because this was so such a real out-of-body and so poignant for me, even though it was tough also. And I said, what is it that I am to learn? And so I came up logically with a few things. And I'll just present my process so that if you have this type of experience, um, instead of brushing it under the rug or putting, you know, hiding it in a dark closet, you bring it out into the light and you say, this was presented to me for a specific reason, for my growth, for my development, for my experience. So let me honor it and let me respect that and do what I can to learn from this, what the universe has shown me, what my higher self has shown me. And so I feel, uh, I'm looking back, that I was errant or had some errant thinking during the out-of-body when I falsely accused her, of course, without getting all the facts. And to be honest with you, that's a trait that I have been working on in my day-to-day -day life, to be more rational, to not be so emotional, to not jump to conclusions, to look at the big picture, look at other uh, aspects of the situation rationally, so that you are involved more from your mental center than from your illogical, uh, irrational, emotional center, right? Because sometimes we overact in our day-to-day -day life. We take something that happens that could be very insignificant and we exaggerate it based on our wounds from childhood grievances, based on um, our attitudes. And so I feel that this out-of-body was to show me that, that I still have work to do in the department of being more rational. And when I say being more rational, I don't mean being a robot, forgetting your heart center. But what I like to say is we have two, two basic areas of our heart, our lower heart and our higher heart, our upper heart. Our lower heart is where we have our heartache, our heartbreak, our wounds from childhood, you know, broken relationships. And when those get triggered, we tend to overreact, lose sensibility and reasonableness, and we come from our wound. And many times um, this causes us to make errant decisions, not good for our well-being. So I don't want to come from the lower heart. I want to come from the higher heart, um, you know, the higher self-heart, the divine part of ourselves, the unconditional love, you know, the, 
reasonability tinged with, you know, unconditional love and compassion and all that. So I feel uh, this out of body was presented to me and I had this experience directly and so vividly to learn that even better, that I still have work to do with my rationality, my level of rationality and ability to assess things rationally. And also I feel the second lesson or major takeaway from this out of body was to uh, learn to have compassion. I really wasn't having compassion for this young girl. Um, I could have radiated more compassion because she was only 11 or 13. Um, but I was so caught up in that my purse was gone and what all that meant to me that I became blindsided or had myopic vision, emotional vision. And so that never serves us well, correct? So perhaps there's something in your lives that are going on life situations where you're having that type of myopic vision. So take a moment now to think about that because there is a reason why I'm sharing this specific out of body with my audience and there may be something, uh, a nugget for you, uh, for you to expand your own consciousness. So now I'm looking back at it. I'm very thankful I had this experience for those teaching points because I do ask um, regularly and I have been asking since 2009, my spiritual awakening, show me what it is I need to heal within myself, whether I need to emotionally, mentally, spiritually, or physically heal something. Show me universe so that I can become freer, clearer, unburdened, you know, have more creativity, have uh, a lot more higher vibrational energy, radiate that into the, into the world. So I always ask for how can I heal myself? I'm always on the road to self-empowerment and, um, and, and strengthening some of my weaknesses and, and attaining other higher level um, traits. And so th this, this is the whole reason why I have called my center Soul Evolution Center. It's how can I, my soul evolve? And I know that we are here on the planet Earth to evolve and what that means is developing certain traits, unconditional love, joy, happiness, compassion, empathy, all those type of beautiful traits. And having our ego take a back seat, uh, not letting our ego dominate our thoughts and our day-to-day -day lives and reactions and belief systems. So I am in constant process with that. And so this dream, this out-of-body was part of that for me because I, on a soul level, desire these type of learnings, even though sometimes they may come with some challenges, of course. But that is my own, per my own personal road. And uh, I hope this has been helpful to you uh, to learn about uh, an out-of-body where there is a specific lesson, a strength, a characteristic for you to develop and strength and strengthen uh, to improve and uh, you know it takes a good student to honor and accept these type of uh, lessons that are presented but I do I do do that because I realize there's a lot of details that went into this auto body and like some people can say oh Katie that was just a dream but I I just can't accept that and I can't accept that with all the multitude of out-of-bodies I've had since 2009 
it's just my imagination. I created that young, um, young girl. I created her mother. I created those three people on the security team who are not at all familiar to me and had no resemblance at all to anyone I know in my day-to-day -day life. I just found that, I find that astounding that my imagination could have created that. So what, I, what instead I like to present is another model. It is not our imagination. It is some aspect of ourself, our soul, our spirit, that wants a desire to learn something. So on some level, it puts out this sort of uh, beacon or transmission saying, you know, Katie Simone, I really want to learn how to be very reasonable and astute and be able to assess things quickly without emotionality, without irrational emotionality. It doesn't serve the situation well. That could have been the beacon. That could have been the radio transmission. And so then what happens is the universe aligns with that. And again, this is going on on very subtle levels. During my day-to-day -day life, I don't realize this has happened. But in a way, I have called that out because I have said in prayer and in meditation, please, universe, help me to heal myself. What is it that I need to learn? What is it that I need to um, strengthen within myself so that I can evolve even more quickly and um, move to uh, higher levels of ascension? And so I have, in a way, put that beacon call out but this was very specific, and um, so what happens is I feel on some level your higher self or your soul does that, and then what happens is these different beings from different dimensional realities, they gather, and they serve, and they say, okay, Katie uh, has asked for some help uh, with developing um, this trait within her persona to, uh, to uh, transcend her ego in this way. And so we're going to come together with some sort of plan for her. And then she, she's going to recall it lucidly so she has a good takeaway, a good firm takeaway. And so all these different beings come together. You can say they've been enlisted for a play or for this mission. And they come together on my behalf. And they serve in that way. And this is, uh, this is amazing. This is amazing. Um, I feel that that is a good hypothesis, a good type of model. And I'm presenting that, this now for the first time um, as a hypothesis. And I'll, I'm going to see in the following out-of-bodies that I have over time whether this hypothesis is, is supported or not, and I may mo modify it or not. And so what I feel is that there are many beings on many dimensional levels that are not in the physical form, that we can't touch and feel and speak to directly, but uh, that are in other realms, you know, like our loved ones who have passed away. Their consciousness continues on. They go to other dimensional levels of existence. So there are beings like that. They could be uh, people that had walked the earth at one time. Um, years ago or recently and now they've transitioned and now this is part of their work is to serve in like people's dream time uh, in their out-of-body time to be these players these reenactors to help reinforce or initiate some new learnings for the dreamer for the out-of-body experiencer so I'm curious as to know what your thoughts are on this um, uh, I, I'm curious myself to learn what the universe will deliver 
after I, I presented this in this format so publicly. Uh, I would love to hear about your out-of-bodies, any, any of your major learnings, what you have garnered, because we all learn from each other. And I feel the more we talk about what happens in our sleep state, the more we will understand ourselves, and the more we will realize there's more to our existence than we had ever known and that had ever been taught. So hopefully this will create a whole new dialogue. This will create new, um, new fields of study. Uh, for humanity uh, to help empower us and learn more about consciousness and the true power that we have. Okay, so please uh, comment and share and um, again take the opportunity to uh, replay some of the prior episodes. They're also available as iTunes podcasts so you can view them 24-7 on demand as iTunes uh, podcasts as well. All right, namaste.